Welcome to the Evidence-Based Chiropractor, where each week we deliver the latest chiropractic research and marketing strategies, all in the time it takes to get to your office. Now here's your host, Dr. Jeff Langmaid. Hello and welcome to the Evidence-Based Chiropractor. I am your host, Dr. Jeff Langmaid. This week we are back with a fantastic research study titled, What Do People Believe to Be the Cause of Low Back Pain? This is a scoping review. Lots of great clinical pearls as we wrap up the year, believe it or not, on this podcast and look forward to hitting it strong in 2024. A lot of clinical pearls from this one. We're going to dive in in just a moment, but before I do... I want to say a few words about the smart chiropractor and the evidence-based chiropractor. Both of my flagship services have their best offers of the year going on right now. So if you've been interested in generating more patient reactivations, you want to check out the smart chiropractor at thesmartchiropractor.com. Additionally, through some of the emails, if you're on a list that we've been sending, if you're interested in building better referral relationships, this is a massive opportunity for so many docs out there. This is our best price of the year, month to month to get started with our MD referral program at the evidence-based chiropractor. Again, if you're on our email list, you can check that out. If you have any questions, feel free to hit me up, jeff at theevidencebasedchiropractor.com. Happy to hook you up with links to give you the best offer of the year, make it as easy as possible to hit the ground running in 2024. But as I said at the top on today's episode, we're talking research. This was a Brazilian Journal of Physical Therapy article. Came out in 2023, brand new article. I'll repeat the title again. What do people believe to be the cause of low back pain? This is a scoping review, and I'll be sure to drop a link down in the show notes if you want to link over and check it out. And this was an interesting study because I'll probably say this a couple of times during the podcast, but understanding what people believe to be the cause of their pain is absolutely critical, in my opinion, to helping them overcome that pain because the perception is reality. And that's really the key takeaway. But let's dive into some of the specifics. We know that the way people understand their pain or what they believe to be the cause can influence both their conscious and actually their unconscious response to it as well. So the perception of pain is a really big deal and it can impact fear avoidance behavior, uh, disability type ratings or pain related to disability. All of those things tie into the perception of that pain. And an easy example of this outside of cause, but just the perception, we've all had patients come in and they are, you know, they can barely move. And you're like, where are you at on zero to 10? Ah, about a three today, right? You're like, oh my gosh, as they gr- say that through gritted teeth. And on the other token, you see somebody like, you know, jump up and, you know, tap the top of the roof on their way in and skip in and, and drop keys and bend down and pick them up without hesitation. You're like, where are you at? And they're like, oof. Nine out of 10 today, right? You know, we've all had that happen. So the perception is really, really key. And this is important for a few different reasons. One, there are different belief domains as they outline in the study. One of them is, what is this pain? What's the, it's an identity belief as they call it. What what caused this pain? That's a causal belief where we're going to focus most today. What will this pain mean to me? Really big one. You know, consequence beliefs. How can I control this pain, control beliefs, and how long will it last, timeline beliefs? Now, here's a spoiler alert. If you really want to put together a ridiculously patient-centric, powerful report of findings, answer those questions to the best of your ability, right? When you're answering the questions of what is this pain, what caused this pain, what will it mean to me, 
how do I control it and how long will it last? I don't expect anybody to have perfect answers, but using your clinical judgment and best evidence and experience, when you can start to frame that conversation, wow, that is a powerful report of findings. That's a powerful way to communicate with your patients because you're speaking and leaning in to what their questions are, which in many cases are far more important than what your questions are. So in low back pain, there's been qualitative research indicating that causal beliefs do have a really big impact on people's lives and how they manage their pain. So if you believe that the pain, and we've all seen this, this is just such a great example they highlight in this study, which is we've all had people who believe that low back pain is caused by damage or their spine being weak. And what does that lead to? Every single time, overprotective behavior and avoiding you know, fear avoidance behavior. And that often can be some of the most challenging things to overcome, even when, and this is the powerful aspect of this, even when they're feeling better, they will still avoid that because they are overprotective and terrified that they're going to quote unquote cause the pain again because they are weak, because their spine is damaged. Those are really, really impactful understandings I'm going to say that you need to have as a clinician so that you can as quickly as possible confront those beliefs and and guide the correct beliefs in your patients because otherwise it is going to be an uphill battle. So in this study, they were looking to examine a few different objectives. What questions and questionnaires have been used to measure causal beliefs for nonspecific low back pain? What types of causal beliefs about low back pain have been identified and how many studies have identified those beliefs? And in what types of studies and context do causal beliefs have, where have they been measured? And finally, what outcomes have been investigated for an association between causal beliefs in cross-sectional and longitudinal design? So they took a look at 308 unique belief items. So that's a lot. And there is 15 distinct categories out of those causal beliefs. So let me rephrase that a slightly different way to, to make it super, super clear. When they looked at what people believe the cause of low back pain to be, there were over 308 different responses. So a couple of things are important there. One, uh, you know, 15 categories makes a lot more sense, I guess, cutting to the chase, which is there are very common categories as far as what's going on and what are the causes of pain that people come in believing. So here are some of those categories and uh, you know, be warned, some of these are going to sound very familiar, right? So number one, lifting and bending. You know, what caused your pain? Lifting and bending. Number two, physical activities and sports. I overdid it, right? Three, loading, movement, and physical capacity. Four, work demands, physical work demands. Five, other work demands. You know, six, posture and position. Seven, structural injury or impairment. Then we get into genetics, trauma, mental or psychological issues, general health and lifestyle, external environments, spiritual beliefs, and then there are unknown and other. So as you can see, as we went through that list, probably you'll hear less about spiritual causes of low back pain. Uh, however, you probably hear a lot around lifting and bending, around sports, around loading, movement, physical capacity, work demands. These are common things that we hear all day, every day, but it's really, really important to identify what are those patient beliefs? Why do they think that they were hurt? Because why they believe they were, are hurt 
is going to directly contribute to how they believe they can get better. And that can either accelerate that progress or it can completely impede that progress. So while this is probably a, a question that I believe we ask in the context of our overall examination, right? Hey, what, you know, what, what happened, right? Ultimately, what caused the pain might be a more interesting question to ask just to see what the responses are, especially now as you've heard these categories, you'll probably start to pick up on, yep, 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 just falling into these categories. And once you know the category, again, this gives you the opportunity now to speak into that. So if somebody believes that they were hurt for lifting and bending, and, and believe me, sometimes they believe that they were hurt lifting and bending, and they were hurt lifting and bending. So when I say cause, causal and when I say beliefs, sometimes these things are 100% accurate, sometimes they're not accurate. That's not, I'm going to put that aside for a moment and say perception is reality. So understanding what they believe to cause the pain, whether it did or didn't, many times it did, is really, really important. So if they believe that lifting and bending caused their pain, those might be activities you want to incorporate, of course, into some of the rehab in the practice so they don't have fear avoidance when they get out of the practice. If they believe you know, loading and movement, again, what were those movements? Maybe you can use that you know, almost that test, that diagnostic as the rehab, so to speak. If it's a physical work demand, well, what does that entail at work? Is there Are there items that you can do or guide them on that help them overcome? I'm going to, again, specifically focus on the, the fear avoidance behaviors because that's really, really a big component of this. So if we stratified these, there's slight differences than, than how they read them. So in terms of the most popular, so to speak, from a research perspective, down to the least popular in terms of research perspective. So the cause that's been researched the most is the structural in injury or impairment, as you can imagine. Second, in terms of research, lifting and bending. Third, mental or psychological, which is really interesting to see that that high. Uh, it's actually above posture and positioning and above physical activity and sports. And then they kind of go down the line there. So really taking a look and understanding that. So what did they find? Based on the current evidence, they say it's not really feasible due to the large variation in measuring causal beliefs and the lack of studies designed to investigate causal beliefs to determine a longitudinal association between beliefs and outcomes. So basically what they're, what they're saying is, hey, there's so many different categories, 308 different items. There's 15 different broad categories. We can't really tell you based upon what somebody believes caused their pain how that impacts the outcome. But as we've dove into on this episode, there's some clear things we can take outside of the research realm and just from a clinical boots on the ground perspective and say, okay, we've seen this pattern before. Now, we might not be able to predict what their ultimate outcome is, but we certainly can help them get to their ultimate outcome, wherever that may be, based upon understanding where they're at today, why they believe they're in that position, aka the cause and belief, and then the third component, which is really what we do, which is helping guide them towards a better day. So I found this study to be absolutely fascinating because it was able to highlight so many different aspects of what we see all day, every day, and probably overlook. Again, I speak on stage and I typically ask, you know, who, who here believes low back pain's boring and every hand goes up because it's something we see and we take care of at such a high level all the time. Sometimes that can be, we almost become blinded to the fact of it's still a really big deal. And especially just that's at a, that's at a uh, epidemiological level. It's a really big deal with billions of people struggling with back pain. There is no shortage of individuals struggling with back pain in any way, shape or form. And then at an individual level, 
the psychological components to it. As I've said before, you know, somebody hurts their wrist. There's not really a psychological component, whereas spine has such a deep rooted psychological component to it that we need to be when we look at a biopsychosocial model of care, for example, we need to be mindful of it. Doesn't mean we need to be, you know, psychologists, but it does mean we need to be in tune with where our patients are at. I like to think about it like think like a beginner when you're speaking, when you're guiding, taking one step at a time because trying to have somebody take four steps at a time, it just never works. Whether you're selling a product or service, whether you're helping somebody get well, you can't step, skip steps, right? Every process takes time. So being sure that you're clearly articulating to that individual, here's where you're at today. I believe we can help you. Here's what you need to know. And here's how we're going to get you to be the best you moving forward is really impactful and important. And again, helping them overcome those psychological components, the belief of the cause, whether true or untrue, helping them overcome that so that they can knock on wood, not only get back to where they were before they came into your practice, but hopefully be performing just at a human level even better. But that takes a carefully threaded skill set of clinical skills, uh, speech and communication skills, and understanding skills, and guidance. And when you put all those things together, you're going to have a lot of patients that really love the care that they get. You're going to have tremendous outcomes, and those people are going to want to refer their friends because so many doctors, as I talk about this, it's like, well, this is what we do as chiropractors, and that's true but so many other healthcare providers, and we can always be better individually, but so many other providers outside of chiropractic, this is a foreign concept. So us, that's a huge advantage that we have, being able to accurately communicate and guide patients, but it starts with understanding what their beliefs are around causes. So I found this study awesome. Again, I'll drop a link down below. And as we wrap up, I wanna say a few words about pillows and a few words about shockwave Align Asleep. It's the pillow we use in my house. If you have pillows in your practice and you have not checked out alignasleep.com, I can't recommend it enough. Alignasleep.com, Dr. Michael Pound, awesome pillow. We use it in my house and he has put the time, effort, energy in to create a fantastic product. So if you are new and you'd like to have pillows in your practice, check out alignasleep.com. He also sells direct to chiropractors. So you don't have to worry about like Walmart undercutting you or something like that. This is professional grade and it's awesome. Secondly, if you are bringing in Shockwave in 2023, you only got a few days left, but in 2024 as well, I cannot recommend Stemwave enough. The practice that I own has Stemwave in it. We love it. The clinical results are awesome. The team over there is awesome. So if you've even considered it, have a conversation with them and I, they support this podcast. I'd love for them to know that we as a team support them. So you can go to gostemwave.com slash the evidence-based chiropractor and connect with them. Gostemwave.com slash the evidence-based chiropractor. I'll drop those links down in the show notes as well. Both, both of these companies will roll out the red carpet for you because they appreciate you listening to this podcast. And I do as well. And if you have not left a rating or review, I would love to hear from you. Otherwise, I hope you have an awesome holiday. I hope you have a fantastic Fantastic new year, and I'll talk to you in 2024. Have an awesome day, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Evidence-Based Chiropractor. If you want to grow your practice, come back for next week's episode. If you want to grow faster, visit the evidencebasedchiropractor.com and join our MD Marketing membership today.